What's up, guys? Leo Pinell here with today's Seven Figures Club podcast. Today, boys and girls, we've got a good one. We've got an expert, a CEO of a company that helps businesses grow by utilizing the power of LinkedIn. We've got Nicholas Verity. He is the CEO of Cleverly, which is a clever name in and of itself. It's the only B2B lead gen agency in the world with 700 plus five-star reviews. And in a world where you cannot hide from Google reviews, that is very impressive. Uh, he has bootstrapped his business to nearly $5 million a year in ARR in just three years. He and his co-founder are pulled completely out of the day-to-day. And at this point, they are here to serve business owners and teach them how to scale and grow their business by utilizing the power of what Gary Vaynerchuk says is the most underutilized social media app out there, which my friends is LinkedIn, one of my favorites as well. Nicholas, welcome to the podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thanks for having me, Leo. All right. So we always love to find out more about our guests in terms of experiences, upbringing, and ultimately what what led you down a path of entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, my parents, I grew up in Northern California and they ran a kids inflatable bounce house business. Nice. Uh, and so those are fun. Of- <laughs> I got five kids. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of great birthdays growing up. I always tell people that um, that's how I made friends. I just told them I have jump houses in the backyard. But um, yeah, so they they ran that business when ever since I was a kid. So I did some nice child label for them, like labor for them growing up, caught the bug, um, just saw like the freedom they were able to have as business owners. Although it wasn't easy, they probably <laughs> people know that you, when you start your own business, you actually can work harder than an employee, but um, Only you know, if you want to succeed. <laughs> that's true. That's Great point. So they, um, I learned it all from them. You know, we were free to take vacations when we wanted and that kind of freedom, I think started me off. Then I went off to college and wasn't interested in courses at all. Like I was actually below a 3.0 student. Um, but I started a bunch of side hustles that ultimately failed in college and joined a bunch of clubs and did my learning on my own through podcasts like, like yours as well. Um, and that kind of kicked me off. Nice. So your parents kind of uh, brought up in a family, parents are entrepreneurial, trying to, trying to create freedom and, and freedom of schedule, freedom of time, freedom of money. And, and they're teaching you, you know, work ethics and sounds like some great values and principles at that point. And then you get to college and you're like, oh, I don't know about this college thing. And, you know, some of our listeners have obviously realized that, you know, you've got uh, kids old enough to go to college. My oldest just finished his first year and you're wondering about the value. He's probably going into engineering one of the few occupations where college might be worth it, but it's certainly debatable on a lot of other topics, especially in business. So you're trying out different projects, different ideas, different entrepreneurial pursuits in college, and and that's a great place to do it. What ultimately leads you and your co-founder to launch Cleverly three years ago? And, And what was kind of the problem that you guys felt that you could solve as good or better than anyone else out on the market? 
Yeah. So my, my partner, it was actually his idea. He was like a 22 year old sales rep for a real estate tech company. And he had to sell into mm. giant, like multifamily apartment buildings yeah. and wow. he had to get his own leads. And so what he did was found LinkedIn and just started blasting CFOs and COOs on LinkedIn. And he was kind of shocked to learn that they actually replied to him. And yeah. so he ended up getting a bunch of leads from it and saying, I think I can make an agency out of this. So he split up, met me shortly after, and then we became business partners. Um, and at the time, the biggest problem on LinkedIn was twofold. One is business owners weren't using it for sales. It's mainly known as a recruiting platform, but um, as I can share later, you can build a targeting list of anyone on LinkedIn's platform really easily and message them for free. Like the connection requests are free. And so um, underutilization, but also spam. There's a lot of like messages I'm sure you get on LinkedIn that are completely irrelevant to you. And it causes businesses and people to think like, oh, everyone's kind of slimy on the platform. So we decided to take a different approach, um, help clients do it all for them, write them really like empathetic messages that actually get replied to. And we've just been iterating on that kind of mission since day one. And now we have a little over 1300 clients and we've just learned what works and doesn't on, on the platform. That's awesome. You know, when I, uh, I started uh, a business finance marketplace company, uh, you know, back in, back in early 2016, we grew really fast and we did a lot of live events then. And then I had to regroup and, and relaunch, uh, brought in the wrong uh, types of business partners. And when I did relaunch in 2019, I really focused in on LinkedIn and finding, you know, strategic partners who would want to refer us business of clients who needed financing. And it went really, really well. And we were able to sign up, you know, hundreds, uh, probably about 400 referral partners on LinkedIn. And wow. at that time, you could really connect with people pretty aggressively. It seemed like you could send out anywhere from, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like maybe it was like 50 to 100 connection requests a day. How has the uh, platform changed in the last three years? And what are some of the you know evergreen strategies that are still working on LinkedIn as it continues to evolve? Yeah, so you're very familiar with the platform. I, yeah, I can tell. So we we started out sending 100 connection requests a day three years ago. Last yep. year, um, later in the year, LinkedIn came with a huge update and capped it at around 100 connection requests um, pretty much a week. So you can only send yep. four to 500 a month or LinkedIn will send you a notification that you've overdone the limits. So um, at first we panicked and, oh, said, yeah. and said, oh man, LinkedIn's coming for us. And then somehow we just got smarter about the targeting list and copy. So instead of 2000, 3000 prospect lists, we're very hyper niche now. So lists may only have 500 connections in it but they're all in a certain persona, like um, local business owners in the fashion industry in a specific city. And then we can like tailor our copy specific to that niche so that it doesn't look like spray and pray. And what actually happened was a collateral benefit as well of um, our clients being able to manage their inboxes better. Before we would get so many replies that it was actually really hard to keep up with. And so now much more targeted, 
much more qualified responses actually decreased our churn rate as, as an industry, as an agency overall. Outstanding. So, you know, there's different uh, ways and, and business owners are trying to figure out and navigate the waters. Like what's the best way to connect here with your ideal client on LinkedIn on that platform. And so, you know, there are different softwares out there. I know LinkedIn, you know, quote unquote, frowns on the softwares. There's different uh, groups that will kind of log in and actually have, you know, live people making those connection requests for you. So you're kind of only dealing with an inbox of uh, responses. Uh, what do you recommend and, and what is cleverly uh, um, find success in that's working, you know, right now in 2022? Yeah, so the key there's there's basically three or four major software players out there that automate outreach. They're all about the same. Um, these tools are cheap, between one hundred and four hundred dollars. I think they're worth doing if you know how to build really good targeting lists and write really good copy. Um, if not, what our agency does is we're just a done for you service. But anyone can do it on their own, even without software. What I actually recommend. Um, to anyone that hasn't sold on the platform is get sales navigator, which I'm sure you have, it's about a hundred bucks a month. Um, and the sole benefit is you get like 30 filters that let you filter between their entire database of users. I recommend getting that and building your top personas in those lists. Um, a couple of my favorite ones that I've seen almost anyone be able to get sales from are college alumni. So you can actually target people who went to your college and now started their own business or are qualified. Um, that personalizer just saying, hey, we both went to mm -hmm. Cal Poly Pomona tends to yeah, get a yeah. high connection rate, like well over 40% connection rates. Um, same with your local market. Like I recommend real estate agents, CPAs, everything go after their local city um, as niche as possible. So LA much bigger, but Santa Monica even better. Those are people that are in your backyard um, and you can typically see 30, 50% connection rates just by doing that. And then my biggest tip for actually getting replies and conversations is not to pitch super hard right away. Um, actually asking a good discovery question like you would do on a, on a demo meeting is a really good way to start conversations or to boost their ego. Like, hey, saw you graduated. Congrats on starting your business. Um, by the way, like, how are you doing? x thing so not a pitch just kind of opening up a conversation and i think showing that you actually took a few seconds to read the linkedin profile and bio like you actually know oh you're in this space with this company that you started or whatever and and it looks like you do this but how does this work you know just that little extra bit of connection means everything and i know if someone's done their homework and can point that out and the outreach i get and i'm getting you know dozens uh, of connection requests every single day because once you build that profile up and you get you know 15 20 000 connections then of course more and more people want to connect and and so forth uh with you so there's the the actual direct connection and and if you get really good at the copy or, or working with uh with cleverly you know then you can be connecting up with 80 to 100 of your top dream connections could be clients could be strategic referral partners every single week which over time can really build your business substantially and and really your your influence on linkedin 
What are some of the other ways in addition to just connecting with ideal people you want to connect with on LinkedIn that people need to be aware of, especially business owners to kind of build and take advantage of this platform? Yeah, the, what's been scaling and is, as Gary Vee puts it, underpriced attention is organic posting on the platform. Yes. So only one to three, like one to three percent of profiles on LinkedIn are actually posting on the platform. And so you'll see that you'll post something and it'll get thousands of impressions. And so although not everyone might like and comment, you're actually getting all those people that you're hyper connecting with to view your posts over time. And then the key with that is just not posting nonsense or reposting your blog, but actually making something native to LinkedIn. Um, and just if you scroll down your newsfeed and look at viral posts, copy their same formats. A lot of the times things that work are like contrarian, controversial opinions, how to yeah. lists, like, you know, the game. And so, um, you can pretty much just scroll the newsfeed and copy people's posts, but I recommend posting on the platform. And then more importantly, liking and commenting on your, on your prospects posts. That's something no one does. They just think they have to come up with genius posts. It's just as easy to go to someone you want to sell to and start commenting on their posts that actually builds goodwill. It makes it much easier to slide into their they, they might respond to you and all of a sudden oh, you've yeah. got a conversation and then you can start direct messaging and just so powerful. Just just so so many value bombs with what Nicholas is is dropping here, guys. So so number one, connecting with your dream client or referral partner, strategic partners is a massive opportunity on LinkedIn. And it's really I mean, you could try that on Facebook. It's not going to work very well. Maybe Facebook groups. It's definitely, I mean, it's just unlike any other platform out there. And the cool thing about LinkedIn is people are on LinkedIn really for one reason. They're on there to do business with quality people. And typically the average LinkedIn user does have a higher net worth, is a little bit more sophisticated and serious about building their business. And if you actually ask questions and show you really care about what they're doing, then you can build value and connect at a, a really amazing scale on LinkedIn. And the next value bomb Nicholas is bringing up here is unlike all the other platforms where there's so much competition for posting right now, LinkedIn is kind of starving and hungry for content creators. And so if you can create quality content on LinkedIn, like I, I literally, I'll do a post Monday through Friday and I've got posts that are getting literally over a hundred thousand views regularly and they're exactly what nicholas is saying they're how-to posts they're posts about um you know a topic or something where there's a little bit of polarity where you're taking a stand one way or another but not uh you know in any way shape or form where it's so controversial you're going to get censored or have issues there it's just it's just taking a stand on something you care about that you're passionate about and people will respond it could be as simple i mean i've got posts on there saying never 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 give up and i have like you know, six or seven lines about not giving up and a story about not giving up. And all of a sudden there's 25,000 views on it and 25 comments and 10 reposts. I'm like, dang, I, I didn't think that one would make that kind of impact. But that's the opportunity, you know, that you have on LinkedIn now. But I, I do think it, you, you know, you can post and post and that's going to be helpful, but you got to be connecting at the same time. And so if you're not connecting, then there's there's a big, big miss right there. So this is amazing. So cleverly, you now have 1,300 active 
you know, customers that you guys are serving in just under three years. And this is a recurring revenue type model, correct? Yeah. So we, we copied it from the SaaS world and said, we're yep. just going to make it a subscription. And the predictability of that has been, has been awesome for us. Hmm. Yeah. yeah we, Man, uh, that, that is awesome. Congratulations uh, to you guys. And, and so for the audience listening and they're, they're realizing, wow, there's this huge opportunity on LinkedIn and they're like, well, I'd like to figure out more of the ways that I can do that. How does it work? What's some case studies maybe you can share uh, about some of the uh, customers that you've worked with at Cleverly and, and, and what, what is the potential here? Yeah, I'll give um, two examples. The first is a big client who does software development which is a pretty saturated space. Um, they take, you alluded to it, is kind of a dream 100 approach where they sell to giant banks. So they built a list of Chase Bank, um, Amex, all the big credit card players and banks, only like 20 to 30 of them. And they've just been going after all their VPs and directors, which is thousands if you look at the totality of those companies. But by focusing on that account-based approach, they can get really niche with the copy and start conversations with all sorts of departments. And then all of a sudden it's like, um, it's like a snowball effect where they can say, Hey, we're actually working with Jen who does, um, you know, credit card refunds in this department. And then that's a foot in the door for another department. So they were able to break in and close multiple deals. Like these companies are so big that they're, you can close like multiple deals within them. Um, so they've closed massive deals at the biggest banks in the US, Canada, et cetera, through this strategy of just persistency. Not that that happened right away, but um, over time, nurturing, they're posting content, they're adding value to these people, and they're just getting on the phone and having conversations. So um, there's that. Another thing that worked for them, though, is they use the profile of their senior people, like even the CEO's profile because they realize how important of a strategy it is um, to build credibility more quickly. And so that's a good example of someone mm. who's closed three to four Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 50 companies at that um, through the Dream 100 strategy. So you guys recommend kind of focusing on four things with LinkedIn. And, and this is true no matter what you guys are doing, right? You've got LinkedIn profile optimization, because what's the first thing someone's going to do? When you send a connection request, when they see your post, is they're going to click on your name? And what does that LinkedIn profile tell them? And if it's like, you know, motivated sales professional is a motivated sales professional who has experience within the bullshit. I mean, that is not going to convert with your LinkedIn profile optimization, Nicholas. So help us out. What is something, what is the right way to look at what your LinkedIn profile optimization should look like? Yeah, the most important things are your profile photo, your LinkedIn headline, and then just having the rest of your profile complete. I think the biggest mistakes I see are super salesy headlines, like, or super generic head headlines. Like you'll see people with, I'm a digital transformation coach who helps companies realize their potential. And it's like, what does that mean? And so that's like the classic LinkedIn headline. Or I help, I help business owners grow through strategic initiatives, like something very vague. So I always recommend something as simple as like my headline CEO at Cleverly. You can put personalizers in, like I have clients that say blank, blank, surfer, guitarist, blank. 
like something personal that relates to people as these are just one-on-one relationships you're building, um, a good LinkedIn profile, and then use your LinkedIn profile as a sales page. So that description under your company, under your experience, put your value props, put the common pain points you see, and then attach some like case studies or great press articles you've been featured in. Some very basic, simple tweaks you can make. Absolutely. Do you recommend using emojis or any type of, you know, art to kind of uh, make your your headline and, and so forth stand out? Yeah, it's a good point. I, I do recommend emojis in the description. Um, anything just to break from the sea of the same on yep. LinkedIn. Um, same with your cover photo. I have clients who show like them speaking on stage or their family on vacation um, or something nice like Canva. I'm sure you know the design tool. You can like, it turns anyone into artists, even people like me, you can't draw. And so um, it's pretty easy to make a, a good cover photo as well. Definitely. All right. So we've talked about the LinkedIn profile optimization and then generating, you know, deals and, and leads by connecting on LinkedIn. We've talked about that. And then uh, with content and ghostwriting, again, what are some of the keys to success there? Because right now, like you said, there's one to three percent of users are actually posting, which means the odds you have of getting some, you know, some some success by posting on LinkedIn are extremely high. Yeah, I'll say one of the hottest topics on LinkedIn, like you alluded to it earlier, is um, leadership and HR related posts. For instance, one of our employees, Alexa, got 3 million views on a on a post where wow. she just talked about how she never wants to work in office again because we have a fully remote policy. And so just something on a hot topic like that, that there's so many just employees on the platform that resonate with that. Um, those tend to get trending topics. Yeah. Those trended like those trending topics related to people, HR management, for whatever reason, just tend to outperform almost anything else on LinkedIn. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you talked a little bit about the sales navigator where it's a hundred bucks a month. And what are some of the opportunities and you know understandings that you should have and why you should probably be upgraded to that feature? So Um, If you have the regular LinkedIn profile, you can't save searches, like lists, like prospect lists, Um, and you get far less filters. So the main reason why I use Sales Navigator, I honestly don't use it for anything else other than using their advanced search feature and to save lists of personas that I want to slowly connect with. Like Leo mentioned, you might want partners and referral partners as a list. You might want your dream 100. You might want your local um, business owners. And so that that's the benefit of Sales Navigator. Yeah, no question. So the audience listening at this point is realizing, wow, there's a huge opportunity on LinkedIn. I need to get serious about this. And on this podcast, we always make the point that, listen, if you want to dip your toe in the waters and dabble, you're not going to be very successful. You need to immerse yourself in these topics. You need to take action in them. If you want to really join the Seven Figures Club and grow your business to the top you know, 5%, hopefully someday the top 1% of businesses. And so to get there, they're they're looking at this and understanding what is a big opportunity. I need to understand it better. What's the next step that they can take something they can do right now today to take that next step and learn more about this opportunity. Awesome. I'll give you two. The first one is get sales navigator, 
build a list of one persona type that you would want to target and just shoot off like 30 to 40 connection requests over two days and be surprised at how many people accept that connection request. I think that'll give you the little boost you need to say, oh, if I scale this, I can get, you know, 10 new connections every single week who I might want to sell to. That's like the big boost you're probably looking for. Um, I would say just get started with that. It's a great point. And make sure you guys are connecting up with someone you actually can do or want to do business with. One of the big mistakes I made at the beginning was just kind of connecting up with everybody. And while that Mm -hmm. seems like it's a terrible idea, you want to be really connecting up because it doesn't matter if you have 10,000 connections, but very few of them you'd actually ever do business with. You, You have you know, 500 that you can actually do business with, those 500 will be worth much more than the 10,000 that you might have. So then the next thing you're thinking is, okay, it all sounds good, but I'd rather just have an expert help me do this, maybe even someone with Cleverly. So what are the different options that they can move forward with or how can they connect up with Cleverly and see if this might be something worth taking a strong look at to really take their business to the next level? Yeah, so I'll give you two options. If you go to cleverly.co, there's a lot of free resources. I recommend looking at our our guide on lead gen, which is there's like a LinkedIn profile guide, there's a targeting guide, and there's a messaging guide so that you guys can try to do it yourselves um, without making too many mistakes. But if you want to learn how we work, we charge anywhere between three and $500 a month. Our most popular package is $400 a month. Um, you can book a free consultation on our site and it's fully done for you. So we build the list, we help you with your profile, we write the copy and we send the messages. All our clients have to do is reply to, to leads. Mm, outstanding. So you guys kind of do a done for you campaign. So guys go to cleverly, that's cleverly, C-L-E-V-E-R-L-Y.co.co. And there's a lot of different content here. Again, I'm, I'm honestly getting questions, you know, for this uh, interview here with Nicholas just by going on his website because they've got so much value and content here to help you understand how to become an expert on LinkedIn. And if you're in the business world, if you're wanting to work in enterprise sales or with business owners or with anybody who's serious, you know, about uh really getting their money right. I mean, I find that LinkedIn more than any of the other apps out there, people are serious about succeeding in business. And so if you haven't, you know, leveraged this, you need to take a strong look at it and going to cleverly.co is certainly, I mean, there's 700 five-star reviews certainly means that some people are getting a lot of success with this and it's worth you taking a look at and taking some actions. So check that out and either way, make the commitment When it comes to social media, you just want to kind of maybe start with one social media platform and really get some traction on that platform. And I certainly recommend LinkedIn. It may be the biggest opportunity out there. It has the most opportunity, especially with content like you guys who want to do a, you know, some content and it doesn't have to be, it's not near, I would say, what what would you say in terms of LinkedIn and, and video content? What are your thoughts with that, Nicholas? Okay. So I think if you're good on video, you should do video content. If you're not comfortable on it, I think you should, you don't need to force it. I think you can get a lot pretty far on LinkedIn with just written posts if you're better at writing. But if you're, 
you know, really charismatic or good on video, then that can be an incredible way to go live as well. Um, but I was going to say, just in my experience, kind of comparing it to a Facebook, a TikTok, an Instagram, it seems like more than maybe the other platforms, you don't have to do as much video and really unique posts seem to get as much or more traction than video ones. And as I scroll through LinkedIn, I don't see that much video. Maybe that's because maybe there's still a big opportunity in LinkedIn video. There's just not enough video creators out there, but I seem to see more traction with LinkedIn with just posts versus video. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I see the same thing. I personally don't have any videos on my profile. Um, so I think it, it really depends, but LinkedIn is a unique platform where you don't need um, to do any crazy dancing or, or any, any complex videos. Yeah. 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 I agree. All right, guys. Well, cleverly.co. Nicholas, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Guys, take action, and we'll see you next time on the Seven Figures Club podcast. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.